baby. We're loving that new music. That is the new opener for the Dr. Pat show. Thank you so much. I keep saying Nick Johnson. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. And boy, you know, today it's an interesting day, Benny, Jacob, because it seems that when I started the last hour off and I talked about this idea of this eclipse happening and there's something new there's something illuminating happening. There's something absolutely out there, right? What is it, though, that gets us caught in these little hiccups and sometimes disastrous outcomes? And here's what Nancy Landrum is taking on today, because it is one of the most important things we can learn today in the world. It is about skilled discussions. And, and even if you're thinking, well, I don't really talk to anybody, you do, because I just had a couple of experiences this weekend. And what it's about is being able to learn this a skill and learn how to move and navigate through a number of scenarios or situations. Because what happens when you're on one or the other side, receiving or providing communication? What happens when you're in discussions? What happens when you don't talk the same language sometimes to other people? Where do you go with that? Well, if you're in relationship, it starts to break down. If you're in a personal relationship with friends or family, breakdown is an understatement. If you're in the workplace, especially about what's going on now, you need to learn how to talk about anything without fighting. And this is something I absolutely believe in. This is what Nancy does. She works with people, whether it's relationships, the love relationship, whether it's friends, whether it's family, whether it's in the workplace, she is that coach. And out of her own circumstances has created tools and approach to help you navigate whatever that water is in communication. Nancy, it's great to have you here today. I'm so delighted to be here with you. And thank you for that great introduction. This is a big one. It's, this it is really, so big. Oh, And it isn't for just normal give and take conversations when there's not an issue at stake. But when, when there's a conversation where you have an agenda or where one of you gets triggered your anger gets triggered or frustration, then it's time to bring in some skills that give you what I call a skilled discussion. Now, the opposite of a skilled discussion is unskilled, and that's where two people are talking, but no one's really listening. Or each person is trying to convince the other that they are right. Uh, they might both feel increasingly frustrated because their point of view isn't being heard or understood. The discussion then escalates into a fight ending in hurt feelings, discouragement about ever being able to communicate well, and maybe some days trying to recover balance in the relationship. That's very painful. If even well, in a business relationship, it can hold up business, but I particularly work with couples in uh, loving relationships where they want the relationship to be loving, they want it to last, they want to be able to resolve their differences 
without hurting each other. Mm-hmm. But there's some rules that need to be followed in order to get that outcome. So I, I wish I could claim to be the originator of these rules. <laughs> I really can't. I've learned them from other uh, sources that were very generous in sharing them with me. I sent a diagram to your, I think I sent it to your producer. Jacob's got it, right, Jacob? The experience diagram. Jacob, can you put that up? Yeah, great, thank you. Well, the experience diagram shows at the top uh, events or facts, and we don't fight over facts that we both can see are true. Uh, Sometimes we fight over facts that we think are true that maybe we disagree about. But the second level is the thought level. And at the thought level, those are assumptions and presumptions and beliefs and opinions. That's where all fights take place, is on that second level of communication. It's a surface level that functions very well for business most of the time. It functions very well if you're asking your husband to bring home a gallon of milk on his way home from work. But it doesn't work very well if you have a conflict that needs to be resolved. In order to get to the deeper levels of communication, you have to go into feelings, concerns, and desires. And that seems to be the barrier to many people being able to dive from the opinion level is not a very vulnerable uh, level of communication. When you go into the feeling, concerns, and desires, you're being quite a bit more vulnerable. Yeah. So this is how it goes. The skill discussion is very different from, quote, unquote, a normal discussion. There's a format to follow that's designed to give both persons safety and a chance for both persons to be heard to say what they need to say and to be understood. Obeying the rules of a skilled discussion is a lot like putting on a seatbelt and shoulder harness to keep you safe in the car. The rules make it much easier to avoid the hurtful collisions experienced in many conversations. Every well-known successful communication skills program has some version of what I call a skilled discussion. For number one, there's only one speaker and one listener at a time. And in my version, you use a talking stick to keep clear who's the speaker and who's the listener. So when you change roles, you pass the talking stick back and forth. So when you're the listener, your only job is to listen for the purpose of understanding the speaker's point of view. And this is very challenging for most of us because we want to interrupt, we want to break in, uh, we want to make sure that our side of the argument is heard. But when you do not have the talking stick and you're the listener, your job is to try to put yourself in the speaker's shoes and understand the issue from the speaker's point of view. And then periodically, the speaker and listener trade roles. They continue to exchange roles until both feel heard and understood. And many times, 
just feeling heard and understood resolves the issue. Yeah. Uh, that's what our primary need is. Just hear me and understand where I'm coming from. And the goal is not necessarily to agree, but to understand each other and have empathy for the other's point of view. So I'm going to jump around a little bit on my outline, Dr. Pat. Yeah, I, I, and, you know, I'd love for you to do that because there is, you know, you're, there's a thread of what you're saying. And one of the things that I know you're going to get to, and that is blocks, to successful skill discussion, right? Yes, absolutely. So can you just comment on just one thing that I think gets overlooked a lot? You and I are having this conversation today. And this, I've already told you how powerful this is and how important it is to learn. If I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm listening to you and you're speaking and I go, or I roll my eyes. See, we we think communication is I'm nodding my head at you and I'm in full agreement. That isn't the case. But body language and expressions and people have, you know, look, many folks don't even know they're doing them. They've been doing it so long. Right. Right. Where even if you have a different communication style, emotionally, those are, I'm not listening to you signs, correct or not? Absolutely correct. In fact, on other programs, we've talked about the value of treating each other with respect. And when you smirk at someone's comment, or you roll your eyes, or you, you know, sigh, what you're doing is creating a very nonverbal, disrespectful response to what they're saying. And it shuts down the communication. You're not doing your job of a, as a listener unless you're willing to genuinely try to understand where they're coming from, what their point of view is. So thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. I mean, it goes on a lot. And the only reason I'm acutely aware of it is, you know, like you, I have made more changes in my life in the past, uh, what month are we in? In the past, I'd say, month um than I had made in the past 14 years and um and you know you and I have also had an experience I mean I've gone through two knee replacements and boy if you don't understand the value of communication and discussion omg I mean seriously they were going to do the wrong leg so what I'm talking (laughs) about is moving from a very practical but emotional and how do you how do you come to that place where you can communicate without coming in and saying, I can't do anything right, Nancy? I can't do anything. Well, it, it takes a grown-up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we all, we all have a kid inside of us, and that kid only wants their own point of view to be understood and wants it understood right now and isn't willing to wait and put out the emotional effort it takes to really listen to the other person for the purpose of understanding them. Even if you don't, you know, you don't agree with them, it's possible to understand their point of view without agreeing. And that takes an adult. In fact, uh, one of my 
statements to my couples is you have to go back to kindergarten and be willing to take turns. You know, one of those skills we learned in kindergarten was that you have to take turns with the toys or what, standing in line or whatever. Oh my gosh, don't bring me back there. By the way, I'm in a room, you can't see it now, but if you look over to the left, I have three talking sticks. And I realized in moving, I've got these three beautiful talking sticks and I'm not using them. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> you have a wonderful opportunity. Wait till I get back in the office next week and we take start to be them. able to meet in person. Um, I want to take a short break when we come back. Okay. I want to talk with you about, we've established the importance and you've established some guidelines. But I cannot emphasize enough that when you have guidelines, there's also discipline. I'm hoping you're going to talk about this today and some exercises to help us. But more than that, you work with people. You help them. You have real examples. We'll get into that much more when we come back. Benny, Jacob, let's take a short break. We'll be right back. Are you ready to shift your current beliefs about death from debilitating pain and loss? Follow Angie Corbett Kuiper as she shares that through choice, present moment awareness, and keeping an open mind. Anything is possible, even in death. Tune in to Beyond Proof Radio with Angie, redefining death and loss every first Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. For more, visit BeyondProof.com. Are you ready to put down that drink or drug for good? Are you struggling to maintain your recovery from addictive behaviors? Do you need help with a family member or loved one who's in early recovery or battling addiction? Get the help and guidance you need by arranging a recovery recharged phone session with me, Ellen Stewart, Pushy Broad from the Bronx, Certified Life and Recovery Coach. Call 1-800-889-1757. Make an appointment today. Or go to my website, pushybroadfromthebronx.com, and click on the link that says Recovery Recharged. Don't wait. Get the help you need today. This is Ellen Stewart, Pushy Broad from the Bronx, on transformationtalkradio.com. Mind to Heart with me, Craig Richardson, carves a pathway from your mind to your heart to activate that innate compass to overcome whatever life sends your way. As an intuitive life coach, I am ready to guide you to an amazing life. Tune in live every second and fourth Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. For more information about me, visit CraigERichardson.com. Hi everyone, I'm Dr. Pat. Hey, are you loving Shades of Spirit Radio? Well, mark your calendars. Shades of Spirit goes live in a new time spot every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific time on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Yeah, you heard that right. Psychic medium genius, Spirit Walker Nicole, 5 p.m. every Wednesday. Live readings, giveaways, oracle cards, and lots of fun. So be there. Call into the show at 1-800-930-2819 and visit ShadesOfSpirit.com. 
It's time to shake out your money-making truth on Soul Wisdom Abundance with Jennifer Bloom, creating wealth from spiritual health on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This hit show is more than your roadmap to success. It's your compass to abundance through joy and ease. Jennifer Bloom teaches you about the soul's relationship to money and wealth and how improving that relationship serves both you and the world. Learn more at JenniferBloom.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Nancy Landrum joining me here today. Skill discussions. Um, I want to just say, for those of you just tuning in, there, there are two things I want to say. One, you can go to Nancy's website, nancylandrum.com. And this is really the body of work that Nancy does to really help people fine-tune skills in this area. And it doesn't matter what the situation is. You know, you'll be able to see how she works with couples, how she works in relationships, and what that looks like. Um, and this isn't always about everybody kissing and making up. Sometimes that isn't going to be the case. But how do you communicate in a respectful way to each other? How do you get through the good times, the bad times? And this is what she's been doing. You've heard her do previous shows on why she does this and what she's learned from her, whole, from her life. But right now, this topic right here about skilled discussion, it is so very important because it doesn't matter where you are on the radar of your life. There are things operating now in the world that have not operated before. And so how do you have these skill discussions? Nancy, did I leave anything out that you want to say about how people can work with you? Well, the easiest way is going to the website, nancylandrum.com. You can email me at nancy at nancylandrum.com. Or my business phone number is 951-239-1134. So awesome. I, thank you. I want. I wonder if, uh, Benny, if you'd put the experience diagram back up just for a moment. Okay. Jacob, that's you, I think. Oh, Jacob. Got it. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. The importance of dropping down into the feeling area is is so important because it tips it tips the balance from a business conversation to a vulnerable, more vulnerable um, conversation where you develop empathy for each other's position. The, the importance of feelings is so important that I give my clients a list of a couple hundred different feeling words divided into about 12 categories, such as anger words, happiness words, discouragement words. Mostly arguments are conducted on the thought or opinion level. It's necessary to become more vulnerable by expressing your feelings, concerns, and desires in order for the other person to get a full understanding of your point of view. It's the vulnerability that encourages empathy, which leads to solutions. And here's an example. My clients, Jarvis and Cassandra, were fighting over money. He was very controlling, tight-fisted with money. She wanted more freedom. When they couldn't seem to hear each other's point of view, I asked Jarvis to tell me about his history with money. As he told about the childhood trauma of his family declaring bankruptcy and then his own bankruptcy after accumulating excessive debt in college, 
He chose feelings off the feeling list like he felt humiliated, scared, terrified, ashamed, embarrassed. As he described these feelings, his tears began to flow. Cassandra eventually said, I'd heard the facts before, but I've never heard the feelings. When she saw the depth of his pain over what he judged as money failures, she had much more empathy for his need to have a healthy savings plan. Moving forward, they were able to work out budgeting for both savings and the fund that she wanted much more cooperatively instead of fighting over the role of money in their lives. That's what happens when one or both persons are willing to drop into that vulnerable area of saying, when this happened, I felt, or when you say this, I feel. Now, I want to make it clear that when you say, I feel like, or I feel that, those aren't feelings, those are thoughts, they're opinions. So just because you use the word feel doesn't mean it's a feeling. So if you catch yourself saying, I feel like, or feel that, switch to a feeling word, which can be said in three words, I feel X, period. I feel hungry, I feel sad, I feel abused, I feel happy. Only three words, but when you add the words, I feel like, or I feel that, it's not really a feeling at all. Hmm. Let's, let's do a real example of this for a moment, because the other part of this is, I feel like you. Yes. <laughs> I feel like you, <laughs> She's Nancy and I are laughing. You know, I feel like you, blah, 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 blah. Okay, so let's clarify, because... The minute that we go to certain words or certain approaches, it really isn't a feeling anymore. We're moving to blame. It's Help us with that. It's an yes, accusation. It's an accusation. Um, those do not get us to open communication. Not at all. They close it down. It's really hard for some people to actually feel. You yeah. know, I never cried growing up. And... The other day, Linda said something to me like, gosh, you know, your, your feelings get hurt, you know, so, you, you know, like, are, are you, you know, what's going on? And I don't think anything goes on. I think if you live most of your life not feeling, because that's really what you had to do, and you grow up in a corporate environment where no crying at work, Right. Right. What happens when you actually learn to feel? But the missing piece, Nancy, that I'd like you to talk about is great that I am learning to feel. But you can't communicate about it because if you never felt. And nobody taught you how to feel, nobody taught you how to communicate. Help us a little bit more with how to truly communicate feeling without I feel you blah, blah, blah. We'll eliminate that phrase, number one, because when you say, I feel you, you're not, you're expressing an opinion, an accusation, which is guaranteed to trigger a defensive reaction, escalate an argument, close the uh, doors between the two of you as far as communication is concerned. You can rather say, when you do this, I feel so when you, 
walk out slamming the door. I feel shattered inside. I'm afraid you may never come back. Those are feelings. It's mm -hmm. when this happens, I feel. That's mm -hmm. the safe way to express feelings. When Jim and I were first working with the coach that helped us save our marriage, he had about four feeling words. I'm hungry. I'm mad. I'm love you. I'm tired. And that was about it. So she gave him this two-sided page of feeling words and told him that he had to have it in his lap every time we sat down to have a skilled discussion. So instead of just saying, I'm mad, he had to look in the category of feeling words and say, am I just irritated? No, it's way more than that. And he'd go on down the list until finally he'd say, I'm seething. I'm so angry, I'm seething. Well, that gave me a much clearer picture of where he was. It was valuable information for me to have. And if he was only mildly irritated, that helped me too. I needed yeah. to know where he was on the scale of any particular feeling. I've had couples break into tears when instead of, I won't let couples just say that felt good. Good, good is too generic. <laughs> you know, so I give them the feeling word list and I say, pick out a couple of other words that describe how you feel. And I remember one young wife said, when you do this, I feel cherished. And she had tears in her eyes. It helped her go to a deeper, more vulnerable level of expressing how she felt when her husband did something really thoughtful for her. So I, I want to move on. Well, first of all, there's com complaints about learning the rules of a skill. Yes, yes. Yep, that's, that's what I was alluding to because you know, yeah, this is going to be helpful to me, but geez, this is like weird. Mm -hmm. Well, <laughs> where do we go with the complaints about learning the rules? When you first learn how to ride a bicycle, it's awkward. You know, it's, you, you're not sure you can ever learn to balance correctly, or at least I wasn't sure. <laughs> or when you first learn how to, I don't know, open up a computer and write a Word document, it's all new and different. Well, when you first learn the rules of a skilled discussion, it feels weird. It's awkward. It's strange. Just because it's new, that doesn't mean it's bad. It's only because it's new. So anything unfamiliar feels strange and awkward. But eventually, Jim and I had to do like three or four skilled discussions a week for weeks on end before we finally resolved the problems that were damaging our marriage. Mm -hmm. And by the time we did all of those skilled discussions, it wasn't unfamiliar anymore. It felt very natural. So every time we had a little issue arise, we would immediately just slip into the seatbelt and shoulder harness of a skilled discussion without even mentioning it. Just slip into those guidelines so that one was the speaker and one was the listener, and we traded roles until we resolved the issue. And usually it only took a few minutes. One of the other big complaints I hear about skilled discussions is that it takes too long. Well, I've had couples with an issue between them for 30 years resolve the issue in a 30 minute skilled discussion. 
but they've been fighting about it for 30 years or unhappy about it. Wow. So how much time does it take to recover from a fight? You know, when a couple has a fight, they tell me, and I remember what back in the day, that it would take three or four days to kind of recover our balance with each other after a bad fight. Our skill discussion might take an hour. You know, so taking too much time isn't a legitimate complaint from from my point of view. No, because we're talking about learning something. I mean, sometimes we think we just woke up and we got this way. It's just like, you know, how did you get this way? You aren't like this, blah, blah, blah. And so we, we take ourselves in relationship and we go through life, whether it's a day, a month, a week, a year, a decade, whatever that is. But this is where we go, right? And then when we go there, the reality of the fact that we are here and we are not doing very well at this, it's as if all of a sudden we're not doing very well at this. We're going to take a short break when we come back. It is where do you go if one of you wants to, to take this on and learn? Where, where do you go if, let's say, the other does not? How do you navigate those waters? And why is it that working with somebody like Nancy helps even get some kind of consensus through that? It is important, right? What did mom used to say? You can take a walk to uh, take a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Never understood that till my first relationship. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. (laughs) Caring for someone with a life altering diagnosis You are a care hero. Navigating the unfamiliar options can be overwhelming, but you are not alone. Tune in to A Cup of Comfort with me, Trish Laub, twice monthly on Transformation Talk Radio. Let me guide you through your care hero journey by providing actionable information on how to care for a loved one in need. For more information about me, visit trishlaub.com. That's trishlaub, L-A-U-B as in boy, dot com. Did you know that when we talk about the Earth's ecosystems, the most important ecosystem has been left out? You, we created the ecosystem approach to recapture human potential. Find us at theecosystemapproach.org. Join us every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time for the Ecosystem Approach Show with Jason and Patricia on TransformationTalkRadio.com. How to lead a happier life on Miles to Go with Brittany Miles. How to lose to gain it all. Join Brittany every second and fourth Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Listen as coach and healer Brittany Miles share stories that teach you about surrender. For more information about Brittany, MilesToGoCoaching.com. Are you ready to shift your life into overdrive and stop wasting your time? If so, then I want to invite you right now to the Body Regeneration Online Academy with me, Tracy L. In a world filled with so much information, you can get overloaded and confused, left feeling like you've tried everything and still no results. If this is you, then this platform is for you to help you step into your power, your intuition, and gain clarity. 
you will learn simple tools that you can use as you walk down the street. And I will teach you how to grow a stronger connection to the God consciousness. Imagine having me as your coach, shifting you, uplifting you, empowering you every week. And most of all, helping you stay connected so you can navigate your life's journey with ease and grace. Nothing will be able to get in your way. Plus, you will have a community filled with souls just like you to pick you up when you fall down and support you on your wins. No one can go this journey alone. If you are ready for your live activations, check me out at tracylclark.com and join the TLC Body Regeneration Online Academy now. Welcome back, everybody. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on right here on the Dr. Pat Show. I'm thrilled to have Nancy Landrum joining us here today. You know, one of the things that is so extremely important right now is to understand the power of skilled discussions. Those are going to be the things that are going to shape the way you move forward in life with another person. And or whether or not you actually do move forward. Uh, Nancy, again, what's the best way for people to find out about you, but also to work with you? Go to my website, nancylandrum.com. You can uh, contact me with the phone number that's on the website or by email. I'd be glad to call you back and set up a complimentary appointment. And the free download on the front page uh, explains how to have a skilled discussion. So that may be that may be helpful as far as helping you understand what I've been talking about here. Mm-hmm. So how, have, go ahead, Pat. There are a couple of things we talked about, and this is going to show up, I think, now in this conversation. A block to, and you all know this, a block to successful skilled discussions is, one, the need to be right. If you're entering any kind of engagement and you are so hooked on the need to be right, think think about this. How much are you really going to hear? How open are you really going to be? And then the second is equally important. You know, where is your willingness marker to put yourself in in your partner's shoes to understand what it's like to see the issue from their point of view? What is any of that like? But more importantly, what we're talking about is once you engage in this, you know, there are guidelines. Can you navigate these water even if your partner doesn't, can you use feeling words? Can you, can you, can you do it? Even if the other person may not know the rules, Nancy, can you? I would, I don't know why this example came to mind, but for a while I was um, living in a motor home on, in my sister's driveway. And I have two little dogs. And at first she, she's not a dog person but she allowed them in the house and they peed on her carpet. And she was very upset about them peeing on her carpet and didn't want the dogs in the house anymore. And she wanted to talk to me about that. And I had to practice what I preach, which is she doesn't know the rules of a skilled discussion. She was speaking, it was my job to listen. So I listened to her complaint. I listened to her feelings. Because I love my dogs, I thought it was kind of extreme, her reaction. I'll, I'll clean up the mess, no problem. But I needed to hear from her point of view what it was like for her 
to have these critters in her house that she didn't particularly love. And so I would listen and summarize what she had to say and repeat it back to her until finally she ran out of things to say. And while this was going on in my head, I was thinking, why is this such a big deal? You know, the child part of me, why is this such a big deal? But then I eventually got to the place where this is her home. She has the right to make the rules for her home. And she wanted the rule that the dogs would not be in the house. And so as she finished telling me all of her thinking and reasoning and so forth, and I was repeating back to her in a skilled way, I was doing the skilled part of a skilled discussion. When it was finally my turn to speak, I said, Mary, I understand what you're saying. I understand that this is your home. We are guests in your home. You have every right to make the rules for your home. So the dogs will no longer be invited into your home. Now, she didn't know that I was playing the role of a skilled listener, but she felt heard and understood. The situation was resolved and um, without it damaging our relationship. Because first of all, I love Mary more than I love my dogs. Yeah. And I didn't want to damage the relationship with my sister. So I didn't insist that it be resolved my way. I'm glad you mentioned the blocks to a skilled yeah. discussion, the need to be right, the need yeah. to unwillingness to learn. But I've done that in other situations as well where that person doesn't know that I'm using a skill that I learned. All they know is they are being heard with empathy. They're being understood. And I don't have to, I mean, the resolution doesn't have to be the same as the one uh, with my sister, but um, but the, the important part is if you're in a conversation with someone who doesn't know the rules of a skilled discussion, then you immediately start out by being the listener and trying to hear their point of view from their shoes, their feelings. And often when you do that, it's like you're building up an imbalance in the relationship so that they feel obligated then to listen to you. And when it's your turn to speak, then they're more willing to listen to you because you have listened to them. I have one couple. Uh, That's a great example. Thank That's you. a great example because isn't that the essence of how we teach children vicarious learning? Yes. Right. And, and by stepping into a space that doesn't originally seem like it is a safe space, but then demonstrating that it is. And this yes. it's very powerful. One uh, gentleman came to me by himself years ago because his wife wouldn't refuse to come. She wanted a divorce and was ready to walk out and he knew he needed help and he was very humbled by it. So I asked him to write down the interactions that he had with his wife every week, what he did, what he said, what, how she responded. And I would just say, well, if I were your wife, I would feel this. You know, if I were your wife, I would want to know you cared more about me than the scratch on the car. Um, 
And over a period of about six months, he totally transformed his behavior, won the love of his wife back. Yeah. And just a few, not too long ago, I got an email from him saying they were still together, happily married. Uh, he, he made an enormous amount of changes. You cannot, a, a marriage, a relationship is a closed system. So if you, if you change one part, the other part has to change in response. And in this case, he was changing for the good, and she responded very positively. In fact, eventually, their teenage kids turn to her and say, Mom, Dad's really changed. Do you yeah. still love him? <laughs> and she had to admit, yes, mm. I love him. Mm. Uh, the, the other thing that is... One of the passions of mine is when I hear my clients passing on the skills they've learned to their children. I recently got an email from a former client named Connie who sent this report. I'm going to quote right out of the email. Please. Yeah. We'd been pretty level-headed with our son, Graydon, talking things out, spending time with him, enlisting him to help with stuff alongside us, and doing the things he'd wanted to do knowing he's had a hard year too, like we have. But he was starting to get mouthy, talking back to me and Mike. Finally, Mike had enough, and he started yelling out of pure frustration. They were in the garage, and I could hear things escalating from the kitchen. Hmm. I walked out to see them both in a full-on argument where feelings were starting to get hurt, and tears were starting too. Not exactly how we've ever done parenting. Graydon walked away. I talked to Mike for a bit about it and listened to him and then reminded him that maybe we need to start using some of the skills we'd learned with each other with Graydon. Now, he agreed, but wasn't in the frame of mind to do it at that time. So I told him I would help. Before Graydon went back outside, I pulled him into the office and told him I needed him to learn how to talk with us the way dad and I have learned to talk to each other. And they changed the way they talked to each other enough that the kids had noticed it. I gave him the list of feeling words using the talking stick, asked for permission to talk about how I felt about his back talk and arguing, and asked him to repeat what I said. And I would do the same to him. I kid you not, it's been almost a night and day shift in that kid just after one sit down together. I know he heard me because he had to repeat it. And I know he felt heard because I did the same for him. He left feeling so much better, apologized to Mike on his way through the garage, and they both have been so much better ever since. Nancy, your tools work. They help us all feel heard, feel loved, and understood. Hmm. Isn't that exciting? I get goosebumps. It's exciting because what we what we really need to, I think, bring into this conversation now is what the tools can do to a relationship. And this is the part, right? So what is the end game benefit for people? Well, if you really care for that person and the end game is you become closer, right? Yes. You become closer. You get to learn each other in a whole new way. 
Yes. And then the possibilities are endless. And I, I want to talk about this a little bit too, because a lot of times we don't talk about, except for your beautiful examples, we don't talk enough about the end game, what's really possible, that level of closeness, that connection, the thing that reminds you how important that person is to you. Right. Jim and I, uh, we had a dream of what we thought our marriage was going to be, loving forever, cooperative, working together. And it was shattered when we had a conflict we couldn't resolve. And then years of fighting about it when we that motivated us to learn these skills because we wanted the dream to be a reality all full, full time for the rest of our lives. So we really worked hard to change the way we communicated with each other until we had a loving marriage that we wanted to last as long as possible until one of us passed. And that's what I tell couples today. You know, we, we, we get married because we're in love. And then the reality of life sets in and you find out he drops his socks on the floor or she doesn't cook very well or, you know, whatever the issues are. And then how do you navigate through those issues so that you can stay in love right. for the rest of your lives and not only stay in love for yourselves because that's what you want for yourself, but stay in love so that you're, if you choose to have children, you're rearing children in a loving atmosphere where respect and good communication skills are being modeled for them. So they pick them up like osmosis. You know, they just, they, they mimic uh, what you modeled for them. They're going to mimic what you model for them one way or another. And most of us, Many of us were not fortunate enough to grow up in families where respectful, functional, effective communication tools were used. So we, you know, pick up what we saw modeled for us or what's modeled on TV or in the, at school or, you know, with our friends. And generally, those aren't very good skills. They don't give us the result we want. We want to feel safe and loved and we want to be able to tell our partner everything, anything in a respectful way. We want to be able to bring up conflicts and know that it's not going to escalate into a hurtful fight. We want to be able to resolve conflicts in a way that meets our needs, but also meets the needs of our partner, like Jarvis and Cassandra did. But unless you have a good handle on these skills, you won't be able to do that. I have one very good friend who uh, ran a marriage conference every year for many years. And she likes to say that marriage is like football. It needs a rule book. And imagine trying to play football without a rule book, without a playbook. You know, somebody just hands you the ball and says, you know, win the game. Yes. <laughs> How do you do that? You need a rule book. And marriage is the same. We need a rule book. Yeah, I love this because uh, quite often we don't understand that we really in are in a dynamic that is very similar to to sports or very similar yeah. to other things that have guidelines and rules. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And in their and the difference is those those particular examples, it's very clear. In Nancy, in relationships, we have the unspoken rules that if they don't get talked about, become the underpinnings for yes. things that happen, fights, conflict, right? Resentments that build up. So what we're really talking about here as well is coming up with a way for people to not just heal those wounds, but to prevent them. Yes, absolutely. Uh, what I like watching baseball. I'm I'm a Dodger fan. There and, you go. <laughs> and quite often, when they're unsure of the rules, they you know go to a higher authority. Uh, they put their headsets on and they call back east somewhere and re-look at the play to see whether he was out or safe or, you know, what rule needs to be uh, enforced in order to move forward in the game. And I find that couples really resist the idea of rules in a marriage. And yet, and yet we submit ourselves to all kinds of rules in other arenas. When I get in the car and drive, I'm submitting myself to the driving laws of California and I'll get in trouble if I don't use them, don't follow them. Yeah. So it's kind of, you know, what I say to couples, well, is, is what you're doing right now working? No, it doesn't work. That's why we're here. Then you have to learn the rules that will make the relationship work. Yeah. There's no question. I play a sport too. And to be honest, You know, I've seen people lose or be eliminated from a competition because they didn't follow the simple rule of not wearing a white. You don't wear a white shirt in in the sport that I play, table tennis. It's a white ball. You don't wear a white shirt. And, you know, when you play a sport like that, the nuances of of the rules are really quite, um, how should I say, they put you on the line. Everything from you've got to throw the ball up certain. I mean, there are rules like that that everybody knows to follow. And here's what we're talking about. When you do know the rules and then one of you doesn't follow them, if you don't have an effective way to communicate that, that's when things really start to come down. That's when things really start to crash. We have a few minutes left. And actually, I want to ask you about that. Because I know in competition, boy, I played a guy that he swore I didn't throw the ball up. So every time I served or made a good serve, he would call me out on it. And without a referee, I was doomed. So look, guide us through this last piece. I know we only have a few minutes left, but that's an important piece. Okay. So you're asking, what do you do when your partner isn't following the rules? Uh, Yeah, and you say, hey, dude, you're not following the rules. (laughs) Well, uh, there's a skill I teach called a coaching skill, where a couple agrees to being corrected by their partner if they step over the line to disrespect, Mm. or if they're not following the rules. And uh, so Jim and I as I've said on other programs, my favorite disrespectful way of communicating was sarcastic put-downs. Well, when we decided that we would treat each other with respect 24-7, 
And this was a few weeks before we finally resolved the big issue for us. We also agreed, I agreed, that Jim could ask me for a redo, respectfully ask me for a redo, if I stepped over the line and began to say something sarcastically. And if he did his finger pointing, you did this, you did that, then I could respectfully say, Jim, please say what you need to say without the finger pointing you. And because we had this agreement ahead of time to submit to each other's coaching, we were ruthless with each other as far as holding each other to this line of respect. It was respect that enabled us to regain our love. Uh, I call respect the fertilizer of love. It's the medium in which love grows. Without respect, love diminishes. It goes down. So that coaching skill is very important. If you and your partner have not agreed to that, then something you can do is when your partner is disrespectful or not following the rules, you can ask to have a skilled discussion or just simply say, when you do this, I feel disrespected. When you go to the feeling level, rather than fighting back with counter accusations, then you have a much better chance of getting a positive response. I love it. Nancy, thank you so much for today. Um, again, let folks know how they can work with you. And I'd love to know your personal message, what you want to leave everybody with today. NancyLandrum.com. Uh, it's not Lundrum, which often I'm mistaken for a Swedish name, Lundgrum. It's Landrum, L-A-N-D-R-U-M.com. My personal message is it is possible to have the loving, lasting relationships that you desire, but you'll have to agree to or uh, submit to learning the kind of skills, relationship communication skills that will enable you to have the loving, lasting relationship that you desire. Many couples, when I ask them, is there anyone in your life that has a marriage that you admire and would like to emulate? Some of them say no. Many of them don't know of anyone that has a marriage they would like to emulate, but they still have the dream of a loving, lasting marriage. That's what they want. So I'm telling you it's possible. I can teach you how. All right. Thank you, Nancy. Thank you so very much for everything you do. I want to thank you all for tuning us in and turning us on. And what we're, what we're really noticing, especially about what Nancy talked about today, it's never been more important. Uh, understanding the tools and the skills that we can learn and to really agree to them to ourselves and to another is the difference between a resentment and gratitude and kindness, loving relationships, and one that's not. And this is something that you can learn and practice, and you don't have to do it alone. Thank you all for tuning us in. Thank you, Benny. Thank you, Jacob. Thank you to all of you, the best audience in the world. We'll see you next time.